Podcast Studios. This, this is the award-winning After Nine with Scott and Cat. What day is it? Today is May 4th. Which means... Must face Darth Vader again. Star Wars Day! Nerd alert! Nerd alert! May May 4th. Uh, It's Star Wars. Hey guys, happy Star Wars Day. Okay, my friends. Laugh it up, fuzzball. It's showtime. Yeah! What the fuck is going on? (laughs) Okay, well, that's a exceptional question and we will get to that but first let me wish everyone a happy star wars day you fucking hate that don't you oh it's stupid i just i just can't even uh i think mark hamill luke skywalker himself said it best this morning on twitter when he pointed out he's starting to accept the fact that he will likely never be in another movie that has its own day That's amazing. Except for the fact you couldn't really tell. Like, May the 4th just became a thing. And, and isn't it true? I'm not, a hard, I'm not a Star Wars buff by any means. But I'm pretty sure it's true that it's never said in that movie, May the 4th be with you. It's the, and the Force will always be with you, Luke. Or something like that. It's not, it doesn't even sound like that. And then they took it and they made it this thing on this day. And, and people who don't watch Star Wars feel very isolated and the people who do, it's like they're in a cool little club that you're not a part of, right? Something yeah. like that? Yeah, I, I don't know if you're quoting correctly there, and I'm sure some oh, Star Wars aficionados no. will correct you if you're wrong, but I'm just going to go on the assumption that you're right. I <clears throat> don't get Star Wars. It, it just jumped around too much for me. I mean, the first three, cool, good movies. I wouldn't say they were life-changing by any means, but then they came out with those next three, and they were fucking terrible, and apparently they were prequels, and then there was three more, I think, and I don't give a shit. It's just, yeah. <laughs> so happy Star Wars Day if you're celebrating. Please uh, enjoy your day, and then adjust your attention to Cinco de Mayo tomorrow, which is just gonna be great. Oh, can I just say a quick thank you um, to... A uh, listener, longtime listener, by the way, of you and Dave before I came on board in Toronto and of us currently in our FM station, 91.5 The Beat, and now of the podcast, I walked into the FM morning show uh, studio and there was a letter. Like a letter, a letter, hand anthrax or ricin. What was it? That's what I wondered. So I put it up to the light. I did a couple of my own tests that I usually go through when I thought, screw it, I'm going to risk it because I'm so curious here. And it's actually a handwritten letter, not even typed handwritten letter from Matthew. Matthew, we received the letter. Thank you so much for your kind words. Um, I won't read the whole thing here. But Matthew says, I've been a listener of you guys since the days of Scott and Dave and Ashley back in 2005. And then of you, massive fan. Uh, Thank you so much for bringing me the COVID-19 news every morning. I binge the podcast every Friday. So by the time you're listening to this, Matthew, perhaps it's Friday. Happy motherfucking Friday to you, if that's the case. Anyway, um, really, really sweet letter. Thank you so much for that. Because we get DMs all the time. We get Facebook messages. And that's great, too. I love that we can keep up with you guys quickly right that's what i love but to get a handwritten letter it's been a a while for me getting a handwritten letter from a fan uh, of ours so thank you for that matthew thank you for listening cursive or print uh cursive good yeah cursive a lost art (laughs) and you know what better cursive than i could probably try to do right now for considering it's two pages i don't think i could i I don't think mine would look this nice especially toward the end right now so Mm. 
Well, that is really nice. So thank you for that. Speaking of DMs, I've had so many of them recently about everything from COVID to a whole bunch of other things. So just quickly here, this came in for the Ask Us Anything special. It was a listener asking, am I an asshole? And we didn't get a chance to do it on Friday and yesterday was busy. So I'll just put the question out there and we'll do a quick roundtable as round as the table is between the two of us. Uh, (laughs) Basically, his friend traveled. His friend doesn't give a shit about COVID, came back. You know, you're supposed to quarantine for two weeks after you come back into the country, not doing it. And this guy takes COVID seriously. And his buddy keeps saying, hey, why don't we get together? He's like, no, no, I don't want to get together. So he's wondering, is he an asshole if he reports his buddy who is openly defying his two week quarantine? Mm -hmm. Can you rat out a friend? Mm -hmm. Is this a circumstance where that's okay? I mean, you can is the thing. The answer is, I mean, yes, you can. And obviously, if you're struggling with it, you're leaning more towards doing it because you wouldn't even ask the question out loud if you thought it was fine to just leave it alone. You're asking because you know it's not right. So for you, it would probably make you feel better to do it. Now, I don't know if you run a risk of them finding out and maybe that's what your fear maybe that's what's holding you back is will they find out it was me or how can they find out it was me what if it happens I lose that friendship so ask yourself that question I think that's where your answer lies if if they found out would it be enough for them to stop being friends with you and would that mean everything to you does that change your life and I think your answer lies with that question being answered mm-hmm. uh, like me yeah. for me personally I'm at the point where I just like fuck we're so close guys We are close to finally being able to talk about this thing being over. And yes, it's a rocky road. And we've been thrown curveballs and shit hills and got fucking slapped in the face along the way. And we continue to get that constantly. Every single day, there's a new story about shortages and not enough here and trying to get on for your vaccination. I get it. It sucks. I'm in the same boat. Haven't been vaccinated yet. God knows when my time's coming. But... I still feel like we're close. I still hold that optimism. So for me, if I see people fucking around over here and ruining our chances of opening even earlier, I might be at the point where I say, yeah, you know what? I will I will tattle on you if it's that bad, if it really is that bad. And in the beginning of this, at wave one and two, during our lockdowns, I probably would have been like, man, especially wave two. Like I didn't give, I was like, I did not give any fucks at all. But now we are so close. Let's not screw it. Up. So if you will feel better doing that, then I say, yeah, do it. Okay. Uh, for me, it depends how egregious it is. Listen, if he's doing some harmless things, if he's, I don't know, going to pick up some stuff curbside and maybe he's shopping a little bit more than he needs to right now, I really don't care. If he's going to uh, some underground gym or something like that where he could spread it if he's got it and they're not vaccinated and they're not taking any health precautions at all yeah i do have a bit of a problem with that and you should probably phone him in otherwise uh, it's his choice if he wants to defy uh, quarantine he's running a risk he may or may not get a ticket although uh, they're having a bit of a problem out in alberta i saw the mayor of calgary tweet this yesterday that he's frustrated with so many covid tickets that were given out being thrown out in court. Mm-hmm. We all knew that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. We'd all heard the stories. Not constitutional. What's the deal? Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of which, there are 15 police officers, 11 active and four retired. Toronto, Hamilton, Niagara. I believe there was York Region, Ottawa, RCMP. All have members on this that as police officers are filing a lawsuit saying it is 
against their oath to enforce some of the COVID protocols that are in place right now. It's against their oath. Police should not be enforcing this shit because it's not constitutional. Hmm. So listen, uh, I don't know if that case is going to go anywhere, but there's a chance it could, depending on how compelling a case they present to the judge. So when it does go to court, I I think Doug, Justin, you guys need to realize what we've been telling you for weeks, months maybe, the whole thing is coming unraveled. You have a very, very, very short window to get vaccines in arms because the day is coming soon. When people are going to say, fuck this, I'm doing whatever I want. And you're going to see more than one golf course opening. You're going to see a lot of them open. You're going to see restaurants just start taking customers again. Uh, Hairstylists that are going to start cutting hair again. And you may think you can police your way out of it. It's not going to happen. You need to get shots in arms because the day is coming. There's only so many things you guys can control here. And you can't control everybody. So you better hurry up. Uh, Another DM that I got yesterday. I won't include a name, but let me get to this. The sex toys. This is from yesterday's podcast where I proposed a sex toy amnesty. Still funny. (laughs) No questions asked. You're just going to whip out all your toys and slap them down on the table and say, honey, here's what I'm packing. This guy says, so I'm in a fairly new relationship, but I've known my girl for eight years now. She's 25. I'll be 24 in a couple of months. She's told me that she has a vibrator, and I think that's so fucking hot. She's mentioned she wants a new one, but has me now, so she may not be so quick to purchase a new one. Hmm. Now, if she told me she's got an 11-inch dildo or would like to purchase one, yeah, that's a different story for sure. I'm not packing anywhere close to that. So it would definitely feel like I'm not good enough. So for this listener here, and again, this is kind of what we were getting at yesterday. It kind of seems like you're a little jealous of the toys. And I don't think you should be. If she wants 11 inches, let her fill her boots or whatever else. (laughs) If she's filling her boots, she's doing it wrong, though. You might want to say, hey, get away. Get away from my shoes with that thing. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, should a guy feel nervous that his girl's got a dildo that's bigger than he is? No. I don't think so either. No, I, I, mean, I think no. this is like an irrational fear. No, but like I told you, it is a thing. It is absolute. For some people, it is hard to get over that feeling of an insecurity almost knowing that your, you know, your partner that you're with is going to something else and you feel like you're not fulfilling them. As you should. It it is a thing, and it, it takes probably takes a while to get over something like that or to to realize it. But you shouldn't be. I mean, absolutely. But it's easier to say that than to than to actually make your mind change on it. You know. Okay, maybe you can answer this as a woman. Maybe you can. I'm not sure. But if if I'm a guy and and I'm rocking, say, I don't know, uh, six inches, and she's got a toy. That's a that it's a full foot long. <laughs> oh my! We're talking Subway before it goes in the oven. It's a foot long. Should I be worried that I'm not satisfying her, or is it a different kind of sensation? Or is the guy totally, totally uh, obsolete once she gets that foot long? Uh, oh, the guy's not obsolete. Like you have to remember, your your dick is attached to something. 
it, it, you know, it's attached to a human being, a person with a mind, and there's a totally different, you, you, you develop different senses and it all depends on your atmosphere. So when you're with that person, it's about that person, not just the dick attached to them. So of course it's so much more when you're with them than a toy would be, you know, it'll make do for what you need it to do in the moment, uh, I suppose, but it's, it's definitely not the exact same and not trying to replace you. I think maybe that's a that's a fear of, of being re- – I don't even know if it's a fear of being replaced by it or just them being uninterested in you. Now, if, now that is a problem if – and we mentioned this in, in the podcast yesterday too. If the person all of a sudden is with you less and with their toy more, then you have to have a conversation. But if that's not the case, leave it. Let her go. Let her go and fill her <laughs> proverbial boots. Can, can we just be honest here and, and tell the truth? I mean – uh, to this person who sent me the DM, maybe she's got a toy that's bigger than you are. I, I kind of see Most where you're going. Most of them are, by the way. Most of them are well over average. Have you looked sure at them? Sure they are. Yeah. Listen, let's be honest. Masturbation is a lot of fucking work sometimes. Sometimes it's great to just be on autopilot and let somebody else do the work for you. You're never going to be replaced because that silicone footlong is not the same as a real human dick where you're doing all the work. It's an irrational fear. Two totally different things. You just calm the fuck down. How about that? (laughs) Calm to fuck down. Yeah. Uh, We're going to talk about why I think we should just disband NASI, the national... Uh, I'll get the acronym in a second. I'm so fucking angry with NASI, this immunization council. Uh, we'll get to that coming up. And a proposal from the Ford government to impose quarantine hotels at the land crossings. So we'll get to that uh, and a few other things. But first off, Ben Affleck is on dating sites or he's not on dating sites. Oh, OK. So here's the, here, <laughs> here's the story. And I love this story. So. A, a girl recently shared her experience on one of the dating apps. And I believe it's actually, it's right. Is it Raya? Raya? I think I was saying it wrong this morning. I don't, I'm not as familiar with it, but Raya. Now, back in 2019, Ben admitted to being on that dating app and a couple of dating apps. This was before he started dating his last girlfriend that he's since broken up with, Anna Diarmas. And uh, obviously, yeah, in between that, that time where he was single from Jennifer Garner and before he started dating again. So he was on a dating app. And he told people, yeah, I, I am. So I think it's from that point. But either way, this Instagram influencer, if you will, slash TikTok influencer posted this video. She assumed when she saw Ben Affleck pop up on this app that it was not Ben Affleck. It was a catfish. So she unmatched. And you can just unmatch and they cannot talk talk to you. Like once you unmatch, you can't contact me. Bye. And Ben, I guess, found her on Instagram and sent her a video because it was actually Ben. And she it was, was like, the real Ben Affleck. He really is on a dating site looking for chicks. Yes, or at least was. Well, again, we don't know what the video is from, but whatever. He did openly admit at one point uh, just a couple of years ago that he was. So who's to stop him? Who's to say he's going to not be on one now? He could be. Uh, but yeah, I mean, as you can imagine, going on like your regular average Joe dating app as Ben Affleck, of course people are going to think you're a catfish, obviously. It's like hiding in plain sight. Nobody would expect to see a celebrity of his status. I mean, he's fucking Batman. Nobody would expect to see him on a dating site. So, yeah, I'm not surprised people thought that was bullshit because we've all heard about all the scams. And he's just on there trying to get laid. Yeah. I don't get it, though. Like, Ben Affleck is, nearest I can tell, a big fan of the bars. 
He could go and sit at just about any bar in Boston and have his pick of the room. He was engaged to Jennifer Lopez. He was married to Jennifer Garner. How the fuck is he having trouble meeting women? Yeah, I don't think, I mean, we all know, I think if you follow these things, so if you don't, I'll tell you that he's been hanging out with J-Lo now and again. She, like, fetched a, an Escalade, fetched an Escalade for Ben a couple of times over the last week, and apparently they're just friends, and that's fine. But, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. He could he could find people. I think it's, I don't know, it's diff- difficult. But his PR person, though, must look at something like this and go, even if he did record this and send this to this twenty young 20-something, like 23-year-old, and go, Ben, what the fuck, man? Mm-hmm. Seriously? Like, I think he's at a point where he really does have to question everything he does and will this come back to harm me? Because people look at that, and I'm looking at the comments, and you know what? It's all well and good when there's two consenting adults. Who gives a fuck, really? But of course, you know what's happening. People are dragging him for being a middle-aged divorcee trying to get with 20-somethings and using his status to do it and blah, blah. But that's still not great for your reputation. So you have to be so careful. But, I mean, to your point and to the same token, when you're trying to date someone, what's the best way to do it? Is it just going into a bar? That's why so many celebrities end up dating celebrities. Because you, nobody can really understand you as well as they will. And you're also worried about, are they just after me for my fame? Are they after me for my money? Are they interested in a life with me, actually, or just the fame that comes along with this life and the glamour and blah, blah, blah. And I mean, the guy's got baggage. The guy has... Some baggage. He he was so raw and vulnerable last year in so many articles. And you could just go ahead and Google it and look back, talking about sobriety and talking about slipping lots of times. I mean, he's still, I believe, sober now, but he had some really harsh times. He's not, you know, easy peasy kind of guy to be with. And he made that very clear. So I think all of those factors, it probably is hard. And part of me, I know I shouldn't feel bad for Batman, for fuck's sakes, but I do kind of feel bad for the guy sometimes because I do think it can be a lonely existence if you're not sure where to turn to find someone. I think Jennifer Garner still picks up after him every now and again. So? Because she's a lovely person. Like, she just seems like just the most kind-hearted person. And that's also the father of her kids. So we've seen it before where she has helped him. You know, when he was at his lowest point, basically, when he was drinking all the time. I don't know if you remember that picture that went viral of him at home getting like Dick's fucking delivery service of just booze, like a box full of booze. So paparazzi were outside his house watching that, put it out there to the media. And the next day, Jennifer Garner showed up on his front porch so and going, what the fuck are you doing? You know, right. so. Anyway, he's got he's got some baggage, man. So it can't be that easy. No, he, he maybe he did just want to score with random chicks, but you got to again, if I was his PR, if I was his PR person, I'd be like, "Ben, you give me your phone. Give me your fucking phone right yeah. now." He probably wakes up in the morning and has to do the I better check my phone and see what I did last night. Like I just get that impression about Ben now. He seems like he's He's definitely battling some demons, and that demon seems to be John Walker. <laughs> well, again, he is apparently apparently sober, although he's had slips. Last uh, when when they checked in on on him last not long ago, I believe in January, he more, most recently had a had something about this. He felt feels heavier than ever. He's had his sobriety slips, but he's been sober now for a little while. So that's good. He's working on it. And I mean, what else can you ask of someone who's been put under pressure a lot? 
who are these people that are trying to shame him for being a 40-something uh, divorcee you know? trying to pick up 20-year-olds? Do you, you know how many fucking guys do that? You know who these people are. Like, Just go on social media, on any comment section, and you're going to find several of them there saying, how sad, Ben. How sad of you. Even if it didn't happen today. Even if it happened two years ago. Even if it happened whenever. It's it's a, oh, Ben, come on. You're gross. You know, He's that a- kind of thing. He is, <laughs> fuck, he's, I, I don't know, what is he, like 43, 44, something like that? And and he's he's obviously interested in younger girls, but let's be clear, adults, women in their 20s, there's nothing wrong with that. He'll be 49 this year. Okay, so he's coming up on 50. Listen, we, we all know the formula. There's an age that they say, some magic age, where someone is too young for you or or someone is too old for you. I don't know if I believe that, but either way, what is the problem if they're two consenting adults? Who fucking cares? A woman in her 20s, guy in his 40s. It doesn't matter. I mean, I'm a 40-something divorcee. Now, I happen to be in a relationship, but there was a time when I was single. And you know what? I, I didn't date anyone in their 20s, but certainly somebody that was younger than me. Mm-hmm. What's the fucking problem? Yeah, it, it is. a It is a cloud, especially that men have over them. It is. It is one of those things that there's not a lot of cases where men have it worse than women with this. This is one of them. But am I crazy or is it not a thing to want to be with a guy who's a little bit older, who's a little more mature, a little more experienced, that's got his shit together? Uh, like, it, how is that supposed to work if guys get shamed for dating younger women, but women well, get celebrated for dating older men? Sure, but you're also assuming that guy has his shit together. I mean, you said it yourself, someone who's older and has their shit together. And you also said that Ben Affleck obviously doesn't fully maybe have his shit together. Or maybe he does now. But let's say at this stage he didn't. This is when he was struggling. So you also wonder if there's like, people are going to assume you're going through a midlife crisis of sorts, Right. It's the and again, I'm not saying it's fair, but it's definitely one of those things that men get shit on way more than women about way more. Sure. And you have women who maybe want to be with older men. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe you're right. Maybe they're like, you know what? I want someone who seems more mature than these 20 somethings or 30 something men who has their life together. Or it seems that way anyway. Um, and you're also going to have the opposite. I mean, there are young men who don't mind being with an older woman and that has their own set of things to it, but they don't get shit on as hard as the guys do who are going for those younger women. It, and the tide is changing a little bit. The tide is turning a bit on that. People used to kind of ignore it and just assume it and figure it, that it was going to happen, you know, with a divorcee going for younger women, so typical. But the tide is turning a bit and people are, I don't know if it's happening at, at less or people are, I don't think people are as harsh on it, but it still happens. It still happens. Yeah, I think everybody should worry a little bit less about what other people do in their personal life. Right. I mean, unless there's something illegal or dangerous going on, fuck off and mind your own business. Right. Seriously. I hear you. I totally agree. So this went viral yesterday. It is a Starbucks barista who captioned her tweet on today's episode of why I want to quit my job. She was making a caramel ribbon crunch frappuccino with 13 modifications. I'll just blow through this quickly because I want to celebrate the point that Kat made this morning on our FM radio show when we talked about this. This guy ordered it with five banana, extra caramel drizzle, extra whip, extra ice, extra cinnamon dolce topping, seven pumps of caramel sauce, extra caramel crunch, one pump of honey blend, extra salted something, five pumps of frappuccino roasted coffee, seven frappuccino chips, heavy cream, double blended. This was at 6.45 p.m. 
on May the 1st, this order came in. What an asshole. Yeah. Listen, I, I think that at some point, employers should give their employees a pass in that if you're the Starbucks barista and this order from Edward comes in with 13 modifications to a drink, you should be able to flat out say, no, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you know what? Fuck off. No, when Edward leave. enters the store, you go, hey, a- Edward, you know, like you, you go for the mobile pickup. I'm sure a lot of people have done that before. Like, Edward, your drink's ready. Edward. Oh, Edward, step forward. Edward, go fuck yourself. Yeah. If you think I'm making that, you're crazy. 13 modifications to this drink. You are going to go home. I want you to eat some vegetables and think about the shit you just created on the Starbucks app. You're never, lucky it didn't crash. Never mind. Add it to the menu and call it the Edward. So everyone's going to know it's the Edward now. It is a thing now. I love a comment that we had from one uh, person on this this morning. And you can find that at scottandcat.ca, by the way, uh, this article. Somebody says, hey, Starbucks, you created these people. <laughs> you did this to yourself. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I'm not sure what he's thinking here just in terms of the, the, the I mean, he realizes this is a treat and I get it. A lot of people will get the Starbucks a drink as a treat. I don't think a lot of people will get a drink like this and think I am making the healthy option here. But I'm confused. I, I mean, I call bullshit on this anyway. How do you fit five bananas and all the other shit that you mentioned inside this still with the original drink added in plus the heavy extra whipped cream, extra ice? How do you possibly even fit that into a venti? You need like a tub in order to fit everything that he, that he wanted in this drink. And I think much- that's two drink. That's got to be two what? cups to make that one drink. It's too much. It's too much. It's too. It's too much. And you can tell because I'm using my extra high pitched. Your high pitched voice is getting it's, out of control. It's too much, Edward. Don't do it, Edward. Don't put that in your face, Edward. But again, Starbucks is one of those places where, and I'm sure they charge not. Does it say how much they charge, Scott? It does not, okay. but I'm sure it was ridiculous. Absolutely, because for extra, you're going to pay extra. And initially, it's going to be a, a decently priced drink. I mean, we all know it's it's not cheap, but you get a delicious, frothy beverage from there, and it, it is usually supposed to be a treat for you. So you're going to pay seven, eight bucks. In this case, I'm guessing it's going to be like 20 bucks minimum, five bananas in one cup. Like, I just, Edward, who the fuck are you? Who the fuck Thank are you? you? <laughs> What's your problem? But yeah, if that was me, I mean, I'm with that barista. I probably would have taken my green apron off right there and gotten the fuck out of there and never came back. You know who Edward is? He's a 40-something divorcee who only wants to date 20-year-olds on dating sites. <laughs> he was there to pick up at Starbucks. That's what he was doing. <laughs> uh, okay, let's get to a couple of COVID things. <clears throat> First off, the health minister says the vaccine portal Held up okay yesterday, uh, despite 73,000 vaccination appointments being booked in the first two hours. Wow. Yesterday, it opened up for those 18 and older in the hotspot magic postal codes where COVID only circulates there. You know those ones where you can only catch COVID in those postal codes? That's why they get all the shots? Those ones. Yeah, everybody was able to book a shot. So they say it held up. It didn't actually crash, crash, but they do acknowledge some people had some technical difficulties. Is the truth probably somewhere in the middle? It did crash. It did have a problem, but it wasn't a mass issue. It was just certain people with certain computers or operating systems or connections had Uh, a crash. uh, You know what? But you have to think of it for, for what it is. You did have thousands and thousands of people hopping on, learning that they could 
then set their appointment. So obviously they're going to do it. I think it's a good thing that so many people did. I got a a DM from Melissa after yesterday's podcast when we were talking about this portal. Uh, She says, listening to the podcast, and I just want to say I'm in one of the magic postal codes. (laughs) I went to the website just before eight. I was in a virtual waiting room for over an hour. By the time I got on the site, all the appointments in my area were gone. I managed to get a shot booked in Etobicoke for Sunday, though. So I can't imagine how long the line would have been for people who hopped on later than 8 a.m. So for those people, they might have to hop back on today, depending on the amount of time that you had yesterday to try. But I am optimistic with the amount of people that did it. That's good. Hopefully the shots will be able to keep up with the amount of people in those postal codes, in those hot spots. And I, I was, I don't know, I was glad to see so many people doing it. Like, we know that sites crash and shit happens. So we got to deal with it as we go. You, you know, I, I hate to keep saying I told you so. However, if they had just done the Ticketmaster model, Ticketmaster puts up 20,000 tickets at a time on sale for concerts and it doesn't crash. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck, this could have been done so much better and smarter. Uh, let's go to NASI here. They are the National Advisory Committee on Immunization. Yesterday, they completely threw the whole thing on its ear cat. Yesterday, they came out and said the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, the single-dose COVID vaccine, one shot and you are fully immunized, is safe and effective. That's all they had to say, by the way. That's all they had to do was come out and say, it's safe and effective, just like Health Canada said. Safe, effective, go ahead, get your shot. Then they went a little further. They said, well, I mean, it should really only be given, though, to people 30 and older. Okay, all right. I mean, that's uh, uh, that raises a bit of a red flag there, an eyebrow at the absolute least. Like, why? Why only 30 plus when Health Canada has approved it for anyone 18 plus? Why 30? What's the deal there? And they they should have just shut up there, too. But then they kept fucking going. They said. It should be taken by those 30 and older who don't want to wait for Pfizer or Moderna. NASI Vice Chair Dr. Shelley Deeks says, like AstraZeneca, the J&J vaccine has a potential risk for causing a rare and new blood clotting condition. Canada's had seven confirmed cases, one of them fatal, out of 1.7 million doses of AstraZeneca administered. First off, 7 out of 1.7 million is a very, very low percentage. Mm. But I get it. A risk is a risk. You want 100% certainty. Um, mm, I don't know if you're going to get 100% certainty in the same way that the vaccine is not 100% safe. But neither is the condom. And we all trust those, right? <laughs> Right. You know, nobody goes into the into sex and wraps their dick up and thinks to themselves, oh, my God, there's a one percent chance she'll still get pregnant. Nobody does that. You figure I'm ninety nine percent safe. Let's have some fun. So I would assume that we could do the same thing with the vaccines. They're mainly effective. But then (laughs) NASI comes out. You know, I really think that NASI, we should just disband them. I don't know who the fuck they are or who created them or why we're listening to them, but I think we should get rid of them when they come out with advice like they came out with yesterday. And I'm going to play a piece of audio for you in a second that will underscore the point here. But when they give out all this contradictory advice, this is the same council that more or less approved four months between shots. This is the same council 
that said AstraZeneca should not be given to anyone 55 plus. So we completely changed around the rollout on day's notice only for them to turn around and say, oh, actually, sorry, it should only be given to those 55 plus. Like these guys have created havoc at every single fucking turn. And now they come out with this yesterday. Those who don't want to wait for Moderna or Pfizer. In a way, they're saying AstraZeneca and Johnson and Johnson are inferior to Pfizer and Moderna. Now, Pfizer and Moderna are the mRNA vaccines. I just don't understand what they were thinking when they did this. What are people who have already had AstraZeneca supposed to think now? And I think what they were getting at is simple. If you're in a high risk area, if you're in one of these magic postal codes that Doug created, you should be able to uh, get the first vaccine that's available to you. But if you're safe and you're working from home, blah, 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 no real risk, you should try to hold out for Pfizer or Moderna. That's in a way what they were saying yesterday. Right, right. Yeah. They said it wrong. I think that they just, they didn't realize when they sent it out that they really should have thought about it and <laughs> and maybe said it in a different way. Because I, I do believe what they were trying, I understand what they were trying to say. But when you hear that at first, that's exactly what you hear, Scott. That's the, oh, if you don't have Pfizer or Moderna, your plan, your, your plan C here, that'll be just fine. You can do the Johnson & Johnson, but I understand if you want to wait for it, too. And then you just make more people question it. So, it, and you have to be so careful with your words right now, especially when you are someone that we're supposed to look up to in all of this and you are a medical professional. You have to be so careful. And I mean, we've heard it so many times that it's just supposed to be the first shot available to you. But now you're making me question it. You know, yeah. when, when my time comes and it pops up and it's like, J&J, Kat, your, your appointment's up. I'm going to go, well, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a second here. A, I don't know about that. Wait a second. So, I mean, yeah, I uh, put, it on the, put it in the coffee table book. This is one of the other like, oh, fuck, what are you thinking? Moments. I hope that they clarify, but I'm not sure. I mean, the damage will be maybe done for some. Others who know the truth will know it's just as safe. Or maybe some will look into it more. And there's nothing wrong with researching more to make sure that you get what you like. I've said from the beginning, I think you should, you know, have that choice. That is your choice. And some people are holding out for certain ones. So I think that they knew that going into it, that people are waiting on that certain one. And maybe for them, it is the Pfizer. Maybe it is the Moderna. Uh, maybe some people have been waiting for this Johnson & Johnson. Great. I think we can all, we're totally allowed to have a choice here. The way they said it, though, you could see how it would be misconstrued a bit to go, to make you not trust. And that's not okay. No, they completely undermined the effort again. Mm -hmm. Why do we still have this national council? Fucking disband them. Oof. They're doing nothing but creating confusion. I, I want to play this for you. It, <laughs> it was yesterday in question period. Michelle Rempel Garner is the shadow cabinet. No, she's the yeah, she's the shadow minister for health. So Patty Haidu is our federal health minister on the conservative side in the opposition. Michelle Rempel Garner would be her shadow critic. So I want to play this for you because Michelle specifically asked the federal health minister about Nassie's advice. And she and, and Patty Haidu, you should hear her. Number one, avoid the question. And then number two, try and shame Michelle for asking the question in the first place. 
This is just under two minutes. Listen to this. Vaccine. And a representative from NASI actually said they don't know how common the incidence of blood clotting is with those two vaccines, suggesting that they might be as high as one in 100,000. So what does Health Canada advise? This is a lot different from what we've been hear- hearing. Taking the first vaccine offered or wait, if you can, for an mRNA vaccine. The Honourable Minister. Well, thank you, Mr. Speaker. And first of all, I'd like to thank NACI for their ongoing work in helping provinces and territories determine how to deliver the vaccines that are approved for use in Canada. As a member opposite might realize from listening to witness testimonies at Health Canada or at the HESA Committee, Health Canada is responsible for approving vaccines for use in Canada and have given specific uh, use um, requirements. NACI then takes uh, the evidence and provides advice on how best to administer it. If any Canadian is questioning whether a vaccine is right for them, the best place to get information is from their healthcare professional. Okay, so that was the question and the answer question mark because she didn't answer the actual question she just said talk to your doctor right, right? <laughs> it's like okay. calling telehealth ontario okay uh-huh. <laughs> so michelle asked a follow-up she asked what millions of canadians are wondering the honorable member for calgary knows hill um i, I think that's going to leave a lot of canadians even more confused than the press conference that just happened so i'm going to ask again because the minister is responsible for health canada so nasi is saying Individuals should be able to make an informed choice on if they should take AstraZeneca or Johnson Johnson or wait for an mRNA vaccine. But she's been saying, take the first vaccine that's offered. So what is the advice from Health Canada? Take the first vaccine that's offered, no matter what it is. Or if you can, if you can work from home or whatever, wait for an mRNA vaccine. What is it? First off, that's a fair question, right? I mean, that's a question yeah. that people are wondering. Sure, because there was a question. And then anytime there's a question with a statement, which there is, you know, there's a statement given and then there's a follow-up question there. It's absolutely fair to ask that question. Here's the reply. The Honorable Minister. Mr. Speaker, it's somewhat disconcerting to see the member opposite try to instill fear in our healthcare institutions that, of course, guide patients towards the best medication for them. These vaccines are being delivered by healthcare professionals who know how to screen and ask the correct questions and to determine which vaccine is indeed the best for that particular patient. And for her to imply that patients would not get that expertise advice from their medical professionals is really a lack of confidence in all of our provincial and territorial partners who are doing so much work to ensure that Canadians get the right vaccine for them. Shame. She tried to shame her shadow critic for asking a fair question that millions of Canadians are wondering. And in nowhere did she answer the actual question. The question is simple. If I can hold out, meaning I'm safe right now for the most part, should I bother making an appointment for AstraZeneca or J&J? Or should I hold out until we get more Pfizer and Moderna? Should I wait? Or is this urgent enough that I should take the first vaccine that's offered to me? That's what the prime minister has been saying since the beginning. The best vaccine is the first vaccine you're offered. Is that still the advice? Or should you wait if you can, like Nassie says? I can't believe she wouldn't answer that very, very, very simple question. Ask your doctor. (laughs) Seriously, that's the federal health minister. In a way, she's the one running the whole goddamn show here. Mm -hmm. wouldn't answer that very fair question.
And that's why people are so confused and fed up with government. Uh, Back here in Ontario, Doug Ford yesterday trying to get more restrictions. Again, Doug, when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you should think is, how can I loosen some restrictions? How can I fix some of the, the mistakes that have been made? How can I open up what's safe but close down what's dangerous? And now he's on this big fucking kick about, well, we got to have the quarantine hotels at the border. Does he not talk to his federal counterparts because his federal counterparts are trying to get the quarantine hotel thrown out because it doesn't work? 5,000 cases that we know about are variants from people who landed and went through the quarantine hotel process. There's an outbreak at a quarantine hotel in Toronto, the Crown Plaza. Now you want to do it at land crossings? Is that even practical? I'm sorry, it's not like the airport where when you land, you go through security and we can stick you on a bus and drive you right to a hotel. It's not like that. There's no hotels right outside the fucking bridge. What? I I land in Fort Erie. There's no hotel there. Where am I going to quarantine? Am I just supposed to be trusted to go to the hotel? Are you going to take my car? Are you going to put a GPS tracker in it? What are you doing? And another thing, you're trying to do this now at the land crossings. By the way, the land crossings have been over open for over a year. I don't know why this is an issue now, but you're doing this at a time when the tens of thousands of Canadians who are going to school in America are about to come home and they're all vaccinated fully because they got vaccinated down there. My own son's coming home in two weeks. You want to tell me that as a fully vaccinated, healthy person, he has to stay in a quarantine hotel for three days because you just realized this is a problem. Get the fuck out of here. Come on. I wonder, I mean, okay, so I'm going to I'm going to keep putting on my optimism my optimism hat. And now I know we have a lot of listeners actually out in Alberta, for example. Yes, we do. Uh, my thoughts are with you guys. It just what an absolute gong show. It is What was the stat? Do you know the stat offhand with Alberta apparently now being one of the like the worst province or state in terms of cases still? At this point, or something a, like that, on a per capita basis, Thank there you. is some accuracy. Yes. To so yeah. that anyway, my thoughts are with you guys because if you're doing the right thing and you're living out there, and I, my sister in law is one of them, she's just like shaking her head. She runs the public library system for crying out loud, and she's just yeah beside herself because apparently it is a big problem though with people defying the rules. And, and you're talking about opening some things up, and I, I we won't we won't go into it again. We did it lot. We did we've done it before. But yeah, I agree with you. Golf course is one of those things. Let's let's go with some outdoor stuff. But if I can put on my optimism hat, we have the numbers in from today, and we're we've already told you it's cresting. Cresting is the new bend the curve. What is it? The new, Flatten the curve, the bend new, the curve. Now the pandemic the is cresting. It's cresting, whatever. So it seems as though the cresting shall com- continue because we have 2,791 new cases. We are now in the 2000. Okay, I, I hope we stay there, but we're now in the 2000s as of today, May 4th in Ontario. I'm talking about Ontario only here. I think that gives us a little bit of hope and hopefully, maybe not today and maybe not even this week, but hopefully, you know. I, we can see more things reopening, especially just when it comes to the outdoor stuff in the patios, because uh, two four is just around the corner here. And I think that that would be the perfect time to do it. So if we continue to ha- see those numbers cresting, then I think that's good. So if you want to stay optimistic and you want that piece of optimism from today, then I will tell you that it looks good numbers wise. At least the cases are seem to be dropping, maybe not drastically, but dropping. So you know good. what's going to happen, though, right? What? 
when you say something like that and the numbers get published like they just did, the calls are going to start getting louder and louder and louder and the pressure is on. Reopen the schools to people who feel like they want to be there and it's safe. And you've got to start fixing the problem. The problem is there's still 2,700 people that caught COVID Mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. How? We're under a stay-at-home order. I mean, that's not dinner parties, play dates, and movie nights. That's not 2,700 cases. You guys know where the cases are. Mm -hmm. We know where they're not coming from. Those 2,700 people did not catch it from dining. They didn't catch it from outdoor sports. They didn't catch it from getting their goddamn haircut. Fuck. Reopen what's safe now. Close what's dangerous now. And you know what? If there's problems with the supply chain, then you guys need to take a real hard look at how much of a hit the supply chain can take. Because there's manufacturing that's open right now that's not even close to essential. There's shit being manufactured right now that we don't need, but they fall under manufacturing, so they're allowed to be open. Until you guys do the right thing and shut down where the spread's coming from and reopen where it's not coming from, nobody is going to trust you. They just won't. And the feds have got a big problem on their hands between the shortage of vaccines and these variants are apparently still getting in. Fine, Doug, I'm glad you're concerned about the border, but that's not your concern. Get shit open that we know is safe. It's safe. There's no other way to say it. It's safe. Safe. Open it if it's safe. Close it if it's dangerous. How fucking hard a concept is this? I don't get it. But I mean, Kat, as I said, the time is coming. The time is coming when people are just going to take a look at the numbers And they're going to say, I'm not doing this anymore. Clearly, they're doing something that we're not. And and somebody's just going to have to grow a set and make a decision here. There's going to be backlash no matter what. So, Doug, if you want to do the right thing, do the right thing. You know, it's funny. We keep hearing, oh, we're all in this together. Yeah, team effort, team Ontario. We're not all in this together. We've asked way, way, way more of our servers our hospitality workers, our uh, hairstylists, our manicurists. We've asked way more of them. We've asked them to sit on the sidelines more than half a year while other people who are in a dangerous spot still have to trek off to work every day and they don't even have a shot yet. It's embarrassing is what it is. I understand. Look, I understand the anger. I get it. I get it. Let's keep the hotspots getting vaccinated. That's my opinion because it will help. I mean, today's numbers alone, 931 of those were in Toronto. 653 of those were in Peel. We all know that's where it's happening. I, I, I agree with you on those opening of the outdoor stuff. I hope that it happens. I'm also okay, though. I'm the one that's good to sit back and be chill until, like, May 2 for Then we can start talking about it. I'm fine with that. Give us a few more weeks, and let's see those numbers really drop if you guys are really doing what you should be doing in those hotspots. And if but, not, then you know you're wrong. Then you know whatever you're doing right now is not okay. But as long as you continue to vaccinate those hotspots, then that means these numbers should completely be different when we're talking about this two and a half, three weeks from now. Yeah. I mean, we're talking two and a half weeks from now. Why can't they just say? Why can't they? 20 days from today is the actual holiday. The May 2-4 weekend itself is 17 days away. Why can't they just say May 2-4 is the target? 
we're doing it. Let's let's all be in this together for just a few more weeks, and then you can have your outdoor fun, basically, is what you're hoping for. Yeah. And they also have to, because there are so many people getting vaccinated and, and have got appointments to get vaccinated in the next little while, they really do have to give something out there for the people who are vaccinated. I get that the border's closed, but if you're vaccinated, Europe wants you to come. If you're fully vaccinated, you can vacation in Europe. No questions asked. Yeah, we have a lot of shit going on here. I think that can't be the first thing on people's minds right this very I think it is the first thing on people's minds. If I'm vaccinated, when can I do shit? Right. And I mean, there's really no reason that they can't. If you're vaccinated, you're vaccinated. That's the whole point of it. So. I know we can have that conversation another time because I think that's kind of horseshit for the people who are patiently waiting and doing all the right things um, and don't even get a shot at a vaccine yet. And what if they want to travel and they just can't and they have to sit back because they're doing the right things? That just seems so twisted and unfair to me. But we are running a little bit behind, so we should probably wrap this thing up. Just quickly, though, are are you thinking that nobody should be able to travel until everybody is vaccinated? Not everybody. I mean, but at least get shit together. We know it's not together right now. Get way more people vaccinated. Then we can talk. Okay, we'll talk about this another day. Yeah, sure. Interesting. I'm fine with that. Uh, Tomorrow is Cinco de Mayo. It is going to be mucho fun. And I hope you can join us for another edition of After 9. In the meantime, have yourselves a fantastic day, and we'll catch you right back here tomorrow. As pandemic restrictions ease and the vaccine rollout continues, major companies like Domino's are now struggling to hire enough employees. Yeah, you could tell Domino's is desperate. Earlier today, they ordered Papa John's and kidnapped the driver. (laughs) Verizon is selling Yahoo and AOL for $5 billion. The deal is already being called the most successful tech sale of 1999. I'm sorry, but if you paid $5 billion for AOL, then you've got scammed. (laughs) Girl Scout cookie sales were down 50% this year, which is strange because everybody's weight is up 50% this year. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.